down in front. History is not simply the study of the past, it is an explanation of the present. See, when you say it that way, and throw in some pornography, it's a lot easier to understand. Welcome back to Old Fogies and Films. Each episode, the members of this panel take turns assigning a film to watch and discuss. We have... Takiya. Eric. Ruth. Shelly. And me, Fahad. This round, I had the Fogies watch The Holdovers. The Holdovers is about a man named Paul Hunnam, a teacher at a New England prep school, who remains on campus during Christmas break to look after several students who couldn't be with their families. Several of those students end up leaving on a ski trip, leaving Paul and the head cook, Mary, to look after the remaining student and troublemaker, Angus. They end up forming a bond and becoming an unlikely family for one another during that time, with Paul ultimately losing his job by taking the fall for Angus so that he wouldn't be sent to military school. So with that, I want to hear what everybody thinks about the movie. I'm going to go by what I see on the screen. So that means the first person is Shelley. Right. So <clears throat> I loved this movie. I love the acting. I, lo- I love Paul Giamatti. I love everything that he's in. I loved the... It kind of was a surprise to me when all of the other students left and poor Tully was left, uh, Angus, right? Angus Tully, he was left all by himself. Um, and that would have been so uncomfortable. Can you imagine being in high school and having to spend two weeks with one of your high school teachers and one that you don't even like very much at all? And expected um, to like study that whole time as if still school. Like. Yes. And follow that regimen. It was awful, but that would have been awful. But I, I loved watching their relationship develop. And and usually I say, oh, I want to hear the backstories. But I think this movie did a really good job of putting the backstories in throughout. So you learned their backstories in small snippets throughout the entire movie. And then um, culminating with them going and him taking um, Angus to Boston. And then you find out the real reason he wanted to go to Boston was that he missed his dad. You think his dad is dead and you see that um, um, really his dad has had a bunch of mental problems. And that's really what he wanted to do. And then it was so upsetting that at the end he gets fired for... um, for doing that, for being humane and taking Angus to see his dad. So I, I loved the movie. I, I, I hated his parents, his mom. Oh my gosh, his parents were awful. Stanley and what was, I forget his mom's name, but they were awful. Her name was mom. Her name was mom. <laughs> he doesn't deserve a name. <laughs> so I absolutely, I thought this was a great movie. I loved it. Great. Oh, and did you all, anybody else, anybody else recognize the military academy that he was going to be sent to? Well, Union. Union. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's okay. where, it's a school that we're familiar with. and It's in Virginia, and I think they said that in the movie. It's a Virginia military school. Yeah. Um, and uh, several of, several kids that we went to school with went to Fork Union before coming to Stewart. Mm-hmm. Or went to Fork Union after going to Stewart. Yeah, Stewart's or school. after, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's interesting how it had it has that reputation of you're gonna go to that school if you don't shape up. It's kind of interesting because well, I, I, I think people, it was just it, it's a military school. Yeah. Like that's his I, next, I know. Next I know. Final step. Because it's so not. It's not like a strict. It's military, but it's not like like when you think of like you know like a, what you call it um a BMI type level of having dated a couple guys there. That's how I know. But um yeah, <laughs> it's kind of interesting how it's um. Has a reputation of oh, you this is the military school you'll go to if you don't. But I get you're saying it's still you know you, this is where you have to go if you don't behave at the boarding school. So anyway, yeah, yeah, cool. Well, thank you, Shelly. I will move to the next person I see, which is Takia. As I already interjected, interjected some stuff. Yeah, um, I love this movie once as well. Um, I had to put some notes down here. I actually liked the unpredictable because one thing uh I liked about it was how unpredictable it was. You're thinking. Uh, Paul Hunnam, Paul Giamatti's character is going to end up with the, 
the woman and nope. And that broke my heart at the same time. Oh, I like the fact that it was unpredictable. There's a lot of unpredictableness that made the movie even more interesting. Even him getting fired, I was shocked about that. You know, if you're thinking at the end, oh, they're gonna keep him and and Angus. Nope, he gets booted out. So I like that's what made the story even more enjoyable. It weren't happy outcomes. You know, I like happy outcomes, but to not you spending one thing and something else happens. That, that was really interesting. I was trying to think, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I like the whole 1970s vintage setting of the movie. That was really cool. I like how they, it was even presented that way with the credits, the opening credits. And everything, the whole opening credit, credit was a very 1970s, how it was, how film and television was in the 1970s. I thought that was really cool. Um, even the grainy look of the movie. I was reading that that was actually shot on modern film, but they then they went back in later and made it. 1970s feel. You could like, tell they did that. I kind of wish they really shot it on old film. Yeah. Because uh, it, it looked like good quality film of now with the crackling effect added on. Like, I wish it was the real yeah. film. They, they, they added that on to there later. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, I, I love that. It was, that was really cool. Um, I'm, It's funny. There's so many parts of this movie that I really liked. I'm just picking out different parts that I thought were really cool. Um, or really impactful interesting how um angus turned out to be he just started out rich you're thinking going to this movie you think all these kids are wealthy you know and um come from these wealthy backgrounds and all and from what i gather what we found with angus he his mom married into money his is um apparently i guess that's what i got it from it that he actually started out middle class maybe you know mid-class to maybe like that though because um it's what it sounded like when he said he's just some rich guy my mom married although he was lying at the time because that was the exact same breath in which he said his father was dead but but then when we meet his mother i don't know his mother reads lifetime rich to me (laughs) but um but so so does angus as well like lifetime rich snob but but you, you you can also assimilate a life within a short time as well that makes sense what i'm saying it seems like he's been at that school at longer than a year um and the mom mm-hmm. was just going on her honeymoon even though they had gotten married that like july or that's some- a good point yeah so- has he been kicked out of other boarding schools yes as well? oh yeah. good yeah. point okay because he said the next my next stop is military school. and also so just wife- looking at the facility that his father is in um you know that costs money as well so the why emphasize? Oh, I, she just married rich, a rich man. Well, I wonder why that was. You're just saying it as an insult, like that—that's the only thing that guy was good for. Okay, like, okay. Maybe to like, maintain her wealth, she needed to marry a rich guy or maybe, Okay, lifestyle. I got gotcha. you. So you think that his his dad as that in the and um went to he in in a schizophrenia and whatnot. You think he was he was already maybe. wealthy as well? I didn't get is that what you guys thought? Shelly, we need that backstory. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. I I assumed that he was well off or came from money because he had been to several other boarding schools. That's the only... That confused me, by the way, because I'm not used to that world. So I thought they were already in a small college. (laughs) (laughs) And then slowly through the beginning of the movie where I was like, oh, wait, no, this is just like a private high school. (laughs) Yeah, that does... A lot of not even <laughs> high school. They were like little kids there too. I know that one yeah. Uh, yeah. younger boy. Well, that's not for a union. Is that it was from sixth grade to twelfth. So that, I think that boarding boarding schools are a lot of them I like that. They go from like sixth, fifth grade on up to um twelfth grade, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I also was in, it was interesting how he said English was lied, said his dad was dead, but then and in my mind, I was it was interesting. You can look at it the way of like he's dead mentally, um, not physically but mentally, like because he can't think for himself. He's going through mental illness and all those things. So that was kind of an interesting take, at least to me, how I read that as well. His mom um, is definitely acting like the father's just dead. Yeah, yeah. And then one thing I did that pissed me off. <laughs> um, I like I didn't like how they. Okay, so. Paul's character says, you know, okay, well, the, when he sees him sneaking out of movie theater, I'm going to see my dad. Okay, well, we can just go visit a cemetery. And then 
I want their reaction of, no, he's not dead. What do you mean by he's not dead? You told me he was dead. I None of that happened. Did you guys notice that? It just went right into, he's, he's well, at the, at, usually there's a reaction that follows that. I think it was that, the it sensitivity sounds... around the situation. So Paul understood probably. Okay. And then they had that, I don't know. They kind of had that conversation <laughs> afterwards. But I want to see that. Like, like, like I want, because Paul is, but this was so vocal with everything else. But then we don't get the, it, it just, next thing you know, they're driving to the mental institution. Like, where's the reaction that he actually wasn't dead? So. Well, but, I mean, I'm sure the boy had to give the taxi driver and I guess maybe he could have just given an address, yeah. but but it, it reminds me of um, Fahad uh, talks about this a lot. He hates it in a movie where um, people will like get in a car and then time passes and then they don't like continue a conversation until they get mm -hmm. out of the car at the other end. And it's like, but that was like a 20 minute ride. So you never said any of this in the car. Like you didn't bother <laughs> to talk about it. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, where was kinda the like, condo? I, I was, did anyone else feel that way or, or just was kind of like, okay. He's not dead. He's, I think I liked the surprise of you think that he's going to end up at the cemetery and then you see the building and you think, oh, mm, this yeah. is different. Might have been really the slowly. Um, there's something else going on. Mm. I did also like um, Mary's character. Uh, like who mentioned Mary had a little land. Mary lost. I said that. that was I did never thought about it in my mind about the whole what's the where are you looking for where it's um like is another connotation to Mary Lamb like, like she lost name. yeah so I that was that yeah, blew my right, mind when you said right when they named I mean this is gonna sound bad but you know they said you know our cook whatever Mary she lost her son blah 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 and they said mm -hmm. then they said like Mary Lamb I kind of let out a laugh like no did oh. they didn't they did not call her Mary Lamb. First of all, Mary has a little lamb, but in this movie, her little lamb just died. I was like, who who came up with these names? Yeah, no, I didn't think about that. Yeah, I mean, I didn't want to. I wasn't laughing that her son was dead. I was just laughing like the nerve to like make I, I, her I, I, Mary Lamb. I liked your storyline. I love these storylines. Every every like I, I like you said, Shelley. I, I think I thought everything was pretty well developed. I I, I felt like I knew about everybody. Um. I know I can relate a little bit with Paul. I wrote that down as well because I, I, I um not being having a this so being so hard ass. You got to stick up your ass and you're just like you know all work and no fun. But at the same time, I kind of believe I I'm I have those similar values of traditional like like old school work ethic values. I did like that part about him that he wanted his students to succeed. But I know also that the criticism was that he was just too much about work and not. I mean, I guess they want him to have to be fun, but I, I don't know. Like, kids need discipline. So I, and, and you can see these these kids were kind of like, you know, that they, they weren't studying, they weren't, you know, you know, doing well in their tests. Cause they just, it's a joke to them. Cause it's like, oh, we're wealthy. We're just gonna, you know, have trust trust funds or whatever. And then like, then you see Angus making these good grades. And um, so I don't know. Um, like I, I wanted to see you guys' opinion about how people perceive them as this hard ass old school, but maybe that's what the kids need. There needs to be some, someone to emphasize some good work ethic because you, you don't succeed in life, you don't work. So I'll hear you guys opinion about that later on. Do you think he was too much of a hard ass? I Could he loosen up a little bit? So, I feel like, I mean, and again, I didn't experience it, but, uh, mm -hmm. but watching the scenes like in the beginning of the movie where you see all the boys, the fact that the boys are just sort of living together, they're not, mm -hmm. They don't go home after class to their families where there's like discipline and structure. I feel like they need it even more. They need him to be a hard. That's what I'm saying. Kind of they're all mad, wild, and they they Thank say. You. I mean, the the language they use is very you know adult. They're not. Uh, so I, I I would appreciate someone like Paul, but like in this day and age, oh you know he, he's he's too work 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 and no fun like yeah, I, I don't know I, I think he's the kind of teacher that once the kids get older would mm -hmm. look back and appreciate that they had that's, a teacher like that that's what i was saying yeah but yeah. looking at these kids and their wealthiness and the school they're going to they're also the kids that just get away with anything right that's oh, the that. reason yeah. paul was basically being punished is that he failed that kid who's the son of a senator or whatever um, because this kid's failing, you know, it's like, but the, the headmaster is basically kind of giving that little nudge of like, well, you should have let him pass. You know, he's the son of a Senator. And, and 
Paul didn't want him to pass. So that's the thing. He, he, he needs. No, that's to, what I'm to saying. Like Paul did the right thing, yeah. but unfortunately, these kids—that's the yeah. life that they live. They get by everything, and everybody's going to let them pass, and they're going to succeed all the way through adulthood, just because that's the cards they've been dealt. They've been dealt the good yeah. cards, you know. They're always yeah. getting a twenty-one at poke at a poker. Wrong analogy at blackjack. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it, it, it boggles my mind though that the the, the parents of these kids don't want their kids to actually be doing well they're comfortable with just the appearance that they're doing well like they don't that want pissed me off. Become yeah. smarter more interesting people they just want them to pass through like why would you want your kid to become a dumb asshole when he grows up yeah that, so thank this, you this that's what gonna, i'm saying this and Paul, sorry just on what eric just said though yeah. it's gonna sound bad but oftentimes in that world People send their kids to certain schools so that those kids can get into the good name colleges. Of course. They yeah, don't care really as much. Of, to, don't they want them to earn it? Why do they I don't No, they don't. They don't want them no, to earn it. They want it. Yeah, they want to be able to brag about it. Got the C, you know? Yeah, they don't. They good there. Look at what happened with um, Aunt Becky and Felicity Huffman, right? They don't care that their kids are getting in there on their own um you know for their own reasons they'll pay whatever they need to to get their kids into the good schools mm -hmm. and one way to do it is to send them to these boarding schools buy a wing at, at the library you know like and get their name on it so that the kids get the you know admission to the best colleges it's that's well like with paul about, trying right? to hold them accountable. he wanted to hold them accountable so, yeah. yeah which is why that's paul is that rare about, good teacher that you need who that's why i like about him yeah good values in education yeah. but in that kind of a school he's underappreciated i know exactly yeah i, yeah, I think all him. of the um i was just thinking about to a couple of the students there was the younger boy whose parents were lds missionaries oh yeah and then there was the boy that was from i can't remember i think korea a korea they didn't i mean they didn't come across Cross is super wealthy. Did to you? Did they? Not really. No. That's a good point. I don't know. If maybe it was just a wide variety of students. Mm -hmm. So I mean, <laughs> if they were sending their child to school in America from Korea, and he and said his yeah, brothers right. went there too. Apparently, two of at least two brothers he had went to the same school. The same, the yeah. Legacies, yeah. Overall, I like. I love this movie. It was. Awesome. I was going to say, Takia, see what your one thought did. It got us all riled up at talking about. <laughs> yeah. That's why I make these notes because, like, yeah, I had a lot, of, a lot of cool things about this movie that even I, I related with a lot. You know? Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, excellent movie. Awesome. Good acting. Um. Oh, I just learned too that Paul Giamatti's um lazy eye was not really lazy. It was lazy for the movie. That was interesting because it got me thinking. Guys, I was looking at him like, not to be not to be rude, but I don't remember him having being that lazy eyed. Is he? I thought that like, too. What? I thought I thought it was. No, I'm not getting him. <laughs> no. I was so shocked. I was like, did I miss something? Because I've seen a lot of movies as well, and like, did I miss something here? Yeah, but I was like that too. To I was like, what's wrong with his eye? I don't know. <laughs> and then the, the producers were saying, I, look, I, look, "I do behind the scenes things like you guys do." And they didn't give away the secret of how, how they, they did that. So that's kind of all Paul Giamatti said was movie magic. That's what, yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, Eric. So, interesting. Okay, go ahead, someone else. Before I keep on talking, oh, no, Eric was trying to say something. <laughs> oh no, I asked if they did it digitally, and I think he just oh. said that they won't reveal it. Yeah, they won't. They probably <laughs> but, did. That's crazy. I'm like. I mean, if they didn't do it digitally, how can you train your eye to just I know. look in a different direction? That's good acting right there. My lord. <laughs> he deserves the Oscar for that. Yeah. And then they called, and the fact they called him out on the, at the end, I was like, whoa, is, is this what I thought was real, uh, the real life actors? And they, they pulled it, they put it actually called a film. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. But oh, yeah. Which eye do I look at? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whichever one's looking at you. <laughs> cool. Okay. Thank you, Takia. Appreciate well, all of that. Uh, next in the list is Mr. Eric Maiden. Eric Maiden. He sounds like an ass. Um, <laughs> is he about to be one? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that, but I, I do have to start and say that I had heard a lot of hype about this movie over the last few months. Um, so I was a little surprised that it wasn't a little more profound. Uh, the basic story is something I've seen before. But what I do like is the 
the writing, the dialogue was often very sharp. And mm-hmm. I always appreciate that. Uh, especially, I mean, even the kids, and maybe it's because they go to private school or they think they're adults, but even they had, they were pretty, their language was pretty adult. Um, not, not um, like they knew how to insult each other pretty well. Uh, and the other thing that I liked was the the way that it was directed, like you guys mentioned, uh, or the way that it was shot so that it looked like it was set in a certain time. Uh, and it did have that feel um but I, I think that you, they make it very apparent in the beginning. And then I think you lose track of it as you're watching the movie because probably it was not shot on actual film. It was just made to look that way. And and there is something subconsciously you can tell about that. So um, so I wish that it, it, was, it had been a lasting effect because I think it helps with the warmth. Because the other thing that I liked about it was it really feels like a very, uh, like a movie you can nest in in the winter. Um, just easy to watch. Like you feel very comfortable and cozy in it. And I, I enjoyed the characters. I especially liked Mary. Um, I liked the way she talked to them. She had the most, she had the, the most serious accent of anyone in the movie. (laughs) And I think it's interesting that this is um, so far uh, the boy, Dominic Sessa, this is his first and only film, first and only acting role on IMDb. And that's why the poster, that's the way the poster says, introducing Dominic Sessa. And I thought that he was especially good, um, very watchable. Um, his character was very smart, had some great lines. I I remember thinking partway through the movie that I sort of figured out uh, this kind of thing they were working with. And the movie's called The Holdovers because they're that's what they call the people who have to sort of remain for over the holiday um, on campus and can't don't have anywhere to go. But I realized it also has kind of a second meaning. As you're watching the movie, you see that the three main characters we have, um, Angus, um, Mr. Hunnam, and Mary, they're all kind of in a holding pattern in their lives. Uh, Mary is sort of, she's she's stuck in her grief a little bit. She, she hasn't really found a way forward. She doesn't know how to process it or what she's going to do in the future. Uh, Mr. Hunnam, of course, has been in a holding pattern for decades, probably. He... He, he's not moving on academically. He's just becoming more and more resentful at his job and angry about life and more insulated and isolating himself, you know, more and more. And and Angus Tully, the boy, uh, ever since his father went into the institution, you know, he's been in and out of schools. He doesn't know how to process that. He doesn't know what his future is, if there even is a future. And he's afraid he will become his father before he knows it. So they're all kind of stuck. But at the by the end of the movie, they all find a way out of it. Um, and I guess this is a sort of, a, it's a consequential holiday break for each of them. Um, spending time with each other helps them all realize um, how they need to move forward or forces them to move forward. So I mean, I, Takiya had mentioned earlier like that she didn't expect him to get fired. I did expect him to get fired as soon as he threw mm-hmm. himself under the bus. I was like, I mean, this headmaster was an old, a st- old student of his who never liked him. He's not going to miss this opportunity to just you know, excuse this man from from his job <laughs> politely. Uh, so I don't think he's making it out of this. But I also feel like he needed that to happen. He needed to be f- sort of forced out. And now he's actually going to go to Carthage. He's going to hopefully actually write his monograph and maybe it becomes a book. He's He's finally going to be doing the things that he always thought that he would be doing, but he stopped himself from doing. And Mary, you know, she, I think she probably hadn't seen that much of her family uh, since her son died, maybe out of fear of having to really look at the grief, but because they were on the, going to Boston anyway, she went with them and got to see her sister. And that, that sort of helped her realize that she can be, she can help with their family. She can help with her sister's child. She can save money for that child. You know, there, there's still family she can connect with. Uh, and there's a future there for her. And of course, Angus Tully realized, finds an adult who actually um, respects his mind and cares about his future. And is he, he finds a, in, in Mr. Hunnam, he finds an adult who's actually willing to make a personal sacrifice for him. And I think we learned that e- even his own mother isn't wor- willing to make a personal sacrifice for him. She decides that he can't h- come home for Christmas, even though she's the only family he has left, because she wants to go on a honeymoon with her husband that she's been married to since July. That's just, that's bullshit. Like she can't just mm-hmm. do that one thing for him. So 
in Mr. Hunnam, he finds a, an adult who's willing to make a personal sacrifice so that his future can be better and realizes that that means he should, you know, have a little more respect for his future and for his education. So anyway, anyway um, I liked how all that kind of came together and that that became like the, 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 the reference to them as holdovers kind of transformed through, through the movie. You're talking about their their relationship. I, I just have to add in that I absolutely loved the scenes when they were coming up with the stories. They were lying, like they were lying on the spot. It started in the the emergency room when he he's like, my dad, we were ice skating. I fell on my arm. And then and then it moved on to when they ran into the former schoolmate uh, from Harvard and he made up the, the book, the whole book about yeah. this. The what would they call it? The camera from the past, or ancient cameras, or something. Lights and magic of the ancient <laughs> world. Or something. I loved those scenes. How they were just coming up with those stories. It honestly came a little too easily to ink. <laughs> he's, yeah. he's like a you know he's a storyteller. And then they would Barton men don't lie. Barton. All they Barton all men. they did was lie. <laughs> So sorry to when, when, when Hunnam when Hunnam did lie to his schoolmate, I was a little thrilled. I was like, wait, he prides himself on like, you know, they don't lie, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, he is completely lying right now. And I was like, oh, Tully's gonna get him for that. And he did. Uh, and that was a crazy story he revealed in the uh in the convenience store where he said that he had hit that man that they had just spoken to with a car at one point. <laughs> like, they, they were just so con congenial on the. He deserved it. Like, yeah, I hit him with a car a long time ago. What Wait, was that? Was that the? I didn't realize that that was his roommate. I just thought that that was a schoolmate, and he hit his roommate who, who um cheated, you know, on using his paper or whatever. Who uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, plagiarized. Uh, plagiarized his paper. I thought he well, hit, now I can't remember. I just uh, I thought it was the same. Okay, see, I didn't put it was that it was him. I just thought everybody knew about what happened. So he's like, are you doing better? Kind of a thing. But because mm -hmm. I would assume if it was a guy he hit by the car, he wouldn't be introducing <laughs> him to his wife like that. <laughs> or he would have said, This is the man I told you about. <laughs> uh well, I don't know then. But um <laughs> still a weird story. It is, it is. <laughs> Well, I like that it kind of was like, oh, so you got kicked out for cheating? No, I got kicked out for hitting him with a car. No, for hitting him. And then it was like, with a car. <laughs> with a car. Yeah. You punched him? No, I hit him with a car. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you, Eric. Anything else on your end? Uh, not for now. Great. So next we have Ms. Ruth. Okay. Well, I also really like the movie, too. Um. It kind of reminded me of like I I know it's not the type of the same type of movie at all, but it gives me somewhat of the beginning part. Is of at least I like how they did. Um, I like school ties a lot, and I know this has nothing to do with that, but I do like how they kind of um <laughs> how they kind of did the a different kind of story with some you know a boys' school with that. Um, what about toy soldiers? True. That's. That's also true, yes. <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, you know, you kind of, yeah, like how you get introduced to the characters and stuff, and especially the teacher, I was thinking, like, you know, he's really on him, and I feel like, that, you know, that's great, but then he also kind of felt, you know, like how he, it was good for him, like y'all were saying, to to move on when he did, because I could tell that he'd kind of, he'd been there too long, but he you know, wanting to help the kids too, but he also, I feel like, felt trapped because I forgot the reason what happened. He, well, he didn't finish college, but he was able to to work at the school or something like that. I forgot how. Yeah, the the headmaster at the time kind of uh, led him in there as a certain kind of professor, adjunct or some kind adjunct. of yeah, adjunct professor or something. So he kind of, I think, skirted around the rules to let him teach there. Yeah. And um, that was the professor he admired a lot, I think. Yeah, I think it, when he was talking to the current headmaster, referenced that headmaster to him. like, you know. Yeah. That's the man you should be. Yeah, basically. Right. <laughs> hey, Ruth, sorry, just because it's in my head right now, when you mentioned, you know, him kind of moving on, 
at the very end scene where he drinks the alcohol and spits it back on the grounds of the school, was that alcohol bottle? The, did he take that from the headmaster? Because huh. remember the beginning of the movie, did. the headmaster points out uh, like this really good bottle of alcohol that apparently is really <laughs> expensive. I think he stole that. Oh, and took a swig of it and spat it on the school grounds. Okay, thanks, Nikki. That's what I, I thought it was the same. Part. Yeah. <laughs> well, back that. to you, Ruth. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I love that. Um, but also, I like the fact that like he really was trying to be good by the kids. But also, at least he was able to see that like there were a lot of asshole children. But at least he realized with Angus that like he had he wasn't just another kid. Like he. He had other issues too. He wasn't, um, I don't know. Not everybody's just put into one category. So right. at least I feel like how they were able to bond and and everything like that too. Um, did anyone else's? Sorry, Ruth. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Interrupting everyone. But did your feelings towards him? Anyone else turn when he comforted the um, boy from Korea when he had the nightmare? Oh, that was very nice of him. Like I thought it was the yeah. peeing incident. Yeah. yeah, the poor guy had a nightmare. And... Yeah. I just thought it was funny that the kids said, I don't have any friends. And Angus said, friends are overrated. When you would expect someone to say, well, I'm your friend, but he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> I know, yeah. And you still don't, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like how he did that too. Cause he's like, these guys are going to crucify you and all this stuff. And... Mm -hmm. But anyways, yeah, like, you know that, especially Mary's really grieving over her son's death, but... um. I do like how I'm trying to remember what the lady's name is. Was it Miss Crane that invited them yeah. to the party? Well, I was really rooting for um Paul because I was like, oh my gosh, like mm -hmm. she was just, I mean, she was really nice and I was trying to figure that out too. And I was like, I was rooting for him. I was like, gosh, how great would that be for him to have like a girlfriend mm -hmm. and all I really wanted that too. Yeah. But he smelled about like a fish by the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that moment at the party where he's having a conversation with her uh, and then all of a sudden she gets up and she kisses that man at the door. I know. He's it. I, I have had that moment before where I thought that something had been going on with between me and somebody for like a, quite a while and they've always been like more nice than you would expect a person to be and you think, well, this is flirting, right? And even your friends say, oh, absolutely, like they're flirting yeah. with you. And then you find out that they've, they've already got somebody in their lives. And you're like, what, what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, especially well, when she was being, sorry. I was just going to say something real quick that made me think of, especially when he was under mistletoe and she like kisses him. And exactly. I'm like, oh yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Yeah. 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 That's me. Yeah. It's like, what? Gee, how'd you with somebody? People, some people go too far when they feel sympathy for somebody. Maybe. Yeah. You know, she like yeah. goes overkill on the niceness and it looks it like makes it worse. It makes it worse. She was the most surprising casting. Like, I was like, Carrie Preston's in this? I saw her name and I was like, what? That's, That's Arlene, Bush. right? From True Blood? Yeah. Oh. Oh, what is that? Yeah. I did not pick that up. The waitress from the... the yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I want to throw something in. They didn't even pursue Angus's little crush there either. You see that? Like she, oh, the girl at the party. Yeah, so that was interesting how they cool. stopped on that part. You thought maybe that would, that would go farther. That's what I mean. A lot of little surprise, surprises or not. I don't know the word surprises, but it's just enough. A lot of Unpredictability. Well, I thought they were going to carry that little relationship on. Belfler. Belfler. Belfler, that's right. Think of um a surprise thing that it sucks out, sticks out in my mind because I was like, this isn't good. I was like, they go to this party and there's this little boy in like underwear and I'm like, why don't you put <laughs> pants on him? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was the 70s it was innocent <laughs> yeah well, i mean i know i was just like some kids that age just will not wear their pants <laughs> <laughs> um, but i i actually felt like since they never returned to that story about him flirting with that girl her niece i, know. I was like i don't really know why this scene was in here at all then like, they, thank you long flirtation downstairs and give her some lines to to say when she has literally nothing to do with what happens to him later <laughs> Yeah, Eric, I was like, what? The, yeah, I wish he had visited that again. At least give him a, some, maybe some some hope. They, they, oh, there's another, there's maybe a little relationship blo blossoming here. So somebody maybe getting into something. To give us some insight on a normal human interaction he has outside of the school. Like, because he still does, 
because he didn't interact with the guys at the bar that well or at the restaurant. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was. Oh, uh, you can be my left hand. <laughs> I, and and I actually don't think he meant it. I don't think he really. No. He, you know, he's a good. He's good at insulting, but I don't think he realized what he said at that moment. He's like, Mister Hanum, we need to leave. I think it was good he got off campus because they're always on campus all the time, and just to go to like someone's house or in like the town, yeah, yeah well, just around other people, and especially because the school treats the holdover kids like they're being punished. Yeah, you know, like they they. No, no, that's true. It, it's, just, it, it's not fair to them because they're already right. being punished by not being able to be with their families, and you guys are making it worse. Like, okay, yeah. the dorms are going to be closed. There's going to be no heating. You guys can stay in the infirmary. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, know. this is horrible. Like, no. they yeah. and they take their Christmas tree away. And they yeah, they yeah. sold their Christmas tree back. That was awful. <laughs> Yeah. That's such a bizarre thing. Like, why the school doesn't have enough money just to keep that tree? What was that tree? Like 30 bucks? It was, <laughs> it was probably less than that. I also <laughs> liked the scene where they were watching the um the newlywed show. <laughs> I wish they'd bring that back. That looks <laughs> I, that know. Woman's face, I love the that yeah, that woman's face. She's like Vegas. She's like, Vegas? Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where she Mary said oh, they're gonna get divorced? I recognize disappointment. <laughs> oh. Speaking of Mary, they didn't carry on the, the, a little something, something between her and the Jan Jander either. I was hoping to see a little more of that. I think that's but a patient that, that would, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I thought was, they were just friends. Well, like he, well, he, 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 maybe he there. liked her more, but she was too too in her missing her son. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I kind of thought that um, Mr. Hunnam was was sort of falling for her and um, he, he was, was so he sweet was to very her too. very respectful yeah. in a sort of old school courtship way um you remember like that one time he's having that conversation over dinner with angus oh, yeah. stand up stand up and he's like why stand up, stand up for the lady because just because <laughs> it's like it's it's yeah. so weird like it's, it's such a formal thing to do like probably no one else in the restaurant would do that but yeah um, and then, so there were other moments where he seemed to be really, really protective of her and really, like, he wanted to respect her in a courtship way. And, and but then it didn't really, I don't think she would have any interest, but it didn't. I don't think so either. They yeah. didn't take that anywhere. Mm -hmm. I wanted to know, or maybe I completely was oblivious or didn't notice it. Shelly, with the backstory thing, did they talk yeah. about, did they talk about what happened to um her son, like her boyfriend or husband or anything like that he died on a um he had it was at a work like a shipyard i think and yeah a something cable like snapped. knocked him on the head cable snapped and hit him in the head and because i think he was super young because she said both of them died before they were 25 oh okay that's right that's awful yeah yeah it's kind of like she had um she'd already put in the time to build her life and and it's all gone and she's not even that old yet. And it's like, would would you even want to start over at that point? And she worked at that school just so her son could have the education there. Then I thought it was sad. And I guess this goes to your, I think Takia, you were talking about how they were all well off. And so I guess maybe this kind of puts a pin in it saying that he's the only person from Barton that had to go into the military mm. or that went into the military. He was doing that so he could get the GI bill, you know, to pay for his schooling where everybody else just sort of went to Harvard or Yale or... Oh, yeah, because they didn't have to go, I guess. With the... Yeah, the question of privilege comes up a lot in this movie, obviously. And, and I just realized, um, so most of the kids, like he, Mr. Hunnam thinks all the kids are assholes because of their privilege. He even thinks Angus is in the beginning. That's all um, I was saying. Yeah. But he realizes, like, Angus may be privileged, but the reason Angus is an asshole is not because he thinks he deserves better. It's because he's just a very person because yeah, of treated poorly in his life that is not ideal and and i think i just realized there's a scene where mary walks into the chapel but she's surprised to already find angus there and angus is basically just oh, yeah. staring at her son's picture and i guess i feel like uh, maybe i'm reading too much into what are putting words words in his mouth but it seems like maybe he's considering the fact that um her son did really well in that school but still couldn't you know go to college after it they just couldn't afford it and so he, that's why he had to join the army and and angus is realizing that he 
doesn't want to throw away this opportunity that he's not that kind of person that would just say, you know, whatever I, 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 I I'm entitled to all of this and I'll do whatever I want. He doesn't, when he look, he doesn't want to throw it away because that would be a slap in the face to Mary and her son. And, and I think that's kind of a beautiful, very short scene. Mm -hmm. And, and it was sad. It was kind of a sad realization when they talked about like, how almost all the students go on to these amazing schools and Mary was like, you know, but not her son. Like he went to, you know, war and died. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. he yeah. Those kids to go to college. So I was like, oh, that's sad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, Ruth, anything else on your end? I guess that's just most of it. I just really liked how they really had kind of formed a bond by then. Once the school started back again, kind of mm -hmm. how, you know, Angus and the teacher, they, had a lot more respect for each other and understood each other and mary was really there for the kid too you yeah. know so it made me sad though that he sacrificed himself for for angus but then he's also a man or a, a grown-up that that actually took interest in him and and cared about him and he's kind of taking himself Ouch. or he yeah from being in his life but i'm hoping that he gave enough to Angus during that time that Angus, like to Eric, to your point, is realizing I shouldn't throw away the opportunities that I have. Right. Um, yeah, you know, and you would, yeah, and for Tully, he wouldn't take the sacrifice and trash it. Yeah, and in the long run, it's it's like you know Tully. Hopefully, this that this is that good kick right for him, kicking the butt for him to go right to go do what he really should be doing whereas if he didn't take the fall for angus did i say tully i meant um paul hunnam um you know he the sacrifice he did i think was the right call because if he didn't and tully had to go to military school all his future prospects could be you know changed or go wrong so i think he did it for the greater good and sacrificed mm -hmm. himself but he is in a better position than tully would have been if he was in trouble yeah they help each other out. I feel like when they especially needed somebody in their lives. Yeah. And Ruth, like you were saying with their bond, it was it, the, what was nice about it is, oh, yeah, all three of them bonded like they were a family, but they each made special bonds with one another separately as well. Mm -hmm. So that yeah. was nice to see. I really liked at the end when they were at the headmaster's office um, and uh, Hunnam was in there and Mary comes and sits with Tully and holds his hand. I was like, that's very sweet. It was sweet. But it was too. So she kind of is able to, I mean, kind of look at for him like another boy to kind of take care of or look after after losing her son too. Yeah. Exactly. Like she's like a son for him. And you know, he he needs a good mother figure in his life. Yeah. <laughs> Not the one he actually has. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, to his mother's credit, she listened to Mr. Hanum and didn't send him to military school true yeah but she didn't yeah but she's still a a, a terrible person she is she's she is she's awful yeah like, <gasps> um cool ruth anything else i think so um, one more thing sorry one more thing where did he steal that snow globe from the, party. Santa Ring? the party okay yeah. oh. <laughs> oh, he stole it. i was I trying to remember where where was he looking at that it was at the party yep. Ooh. little thief <laughs> cool um okay so my turn uh so overall i'll say I, I enjoyed the movie um eric i think i was thinking it like you were like oh there's nothing like profound with this movie but i think in the simplicity and the sweetness of it and the the bonds and like the family that they built themselves in this terrible position they were all kind of thrown into um you know, I think overcame the fact that there wasn't this big profound thing. You know, and I think we've talked about it a few times. I think several of the movies we've seen recently have been kind of like that. There's not this big, like profound thing, you know, it's just kind of a story of like, here's what's happening in this period of time to these people. Some events change them and all, but there's not like this big, like, uh-huh kind yeah. of thing. Um, so, but yeah, so overall, I'd say I enjoyed the movie. Um, I don't think I have anything much more to add. I think I added a lot of how I felt throughout each of your discussions. Um, so uh, a few little things that I will mention, though, are did anybody recognize his stepfather? 
Yes. Oh, um, yes. Tate Don- yeah, Tate Donovan. <laughs> like, geez, where is but he? But I'm not, I'm not positive I would have recognized him if I hadn't seen his name in the credits in the beginning because oh. I didn't see his um, credit name credits too. Yeah. Okay, I didn't see his name in the credits. I was just looking at him. I'm like, oh gosh, that's Tate Donovan. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Small that. Yeah. yeah, and to play such a hated person. Yeah. <laughs> like, ugh. Um, and then I really liked the uh the kind of anti guy to Tully the bull the bully the blonde haired kid I like when he came back from the ski trip and his face was all windburn yeah it's like oh he got what he deserved but I still <laughs> but he didn't like learn a lesson he's still a jerk <laughs> jerk yeah <laughs> yeah I'm surprised with the last name like Koontz that the other boys weren't calling him something more colorful because <laughs> he oh. acted like one. <laughs> But yeah, so overall, I'd say I enjoyed the movie, but we've covered basically everything else that I felt about it. So uh, is there anything else anybody wanted to bring up? Any additional notes anybody had? Yes. We called the uh, the headmaster penis cancer. That was crazy. (laughs) 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 He had it coming. He had it coming. Mm -hmm. He had it coming. (laughs) (laughs) Eric got where I was going with that. That's Chicago, not Boston. (laughs) That is Chicago. (laughs) um did you guys notice do you remember the boy that was one of the holdovers in the beginning before his family sends a helicopter for him and his friends that he had talked about how um he couldn't go home because his dad told him he had to cut his hair and he refused did you see him at the end he comes out of the shower with a haircut oh i didn't didn't see that oh i didn't realize that was him oh no it's hard to tell but it's like oh that's the guy and they're showing that he he eventually during the holidays and got the haircut his dad cut it i guess if his dad sent a helicopter and was kind enough to take all of the kids true they were willing to take them even the mormon oh (laughs) (laughs) no offense to the mormons out there listening uh, a little offense from Eric, not from everyone else, just on behalf of me. Salt Lake City Housewives, I still love you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you bought him some um, new gloves. <laughs> some new what? Gloves. I don't get it. The the um one he had, he had, he had a th- he threw his glove and uh, he lost a glove and then threw oh, the other one right. okay. in the water. <laughs> and he threw it in the water. That was interesting. I liked that sequence, uh, cinematographer cinematographically <laughs> that's hard but anyway um the other thing i was going to bring up is the director alexander payne um i've only seen two movies he's done but one of them kind of makes sense now that i've seen this one the vibe and that's citizen ruth but then another the other movie he's done that i've seen is election with reese reese witherspoon and i didn't realize um i mean that's kind of a broad comedy <laughs> i didn't realize but i guess they're both actually comedies so they're a little more comedy than than this movie is, huh. but he's also the guy who did Sideways, which I've never seen yet. But it oh. made a big splash when it came out. Interesting. <laughs> I can see like a little bit of the vibe of Election, but not like a lot of it. But yeah, huh. but definitely the the teacher student relationship is explored in a different way in Election. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, and Takia, were you going to say something? Oh, no, I'm good. Oh, okay. Cool. Anything else? Nope. Awesome. Well, thank you, everybody, for your great insights. Uh, So I think we've come up to that time of the evening for... Recast! Thank you. (laughs) So we close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era... Rewind! <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> we close each episode with the recast game, where we each play casting director and choose a different actor from any era, living or dead, to portray a character in the film instead. First up is Takia. Okay, I cast two people. I I couldn't decide which one to cast. So I do two. Paul Hunnam, I cast with um, Robin Williams. Because I remember him and with honors. And that's, he was heavily in my mind for his role when I was watching this, actually. Wait, was so. he in with honors? Or do you or mean Dead Poet Society? He was in with honors as well. Oh, he was? Yeah. 
Oh my goodness. He played the same kind of role twice. <laughs> That's why I was like, oh, that was easy in my mind for this. I could definitely see with all, you know, the, my, my little word versatility. I could definitely see him. Doing uh, it was Joe Pesci that was in With Honors. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and, okay. and he played the homeless. He played the, hom- he played the homeless person. So maybe you're thinking of Robin Williams in The Fisher King, where he plays a homeless person. Maybe that's what it is. Okay. I was Joe Pesci. <laughs> oh, Takia, oh. Takia, should we rewind? <laughs> yeah, we wind big time. We wind. Two, pen- two pencils. Rewind. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, oh, wait, 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 wait. So let's go ahead and start with Takia. All right. I decided to cast two two of the characters. First one was Paul Hunnam. I decided to cast with Robin Williams. I've seen he was in Dead Poets Society. He played a, a, a professor and that versatility. That's why I went with him for Paul Hunnam. I also decided to cast Angus Tully with um, Sam Claflin. So, uh, because, yeah, I was trying to think of a pompous jerk. He played one in me before you, before his accident, even during after his accident until he obviously changed for the better so i was thinking on the same those, those were i was thinking on the same lines of that had an image of him while i was thinking about angus so those are my recast thank you great thank you Takia. <laughs> next we have ruth so i was going to recast paul is it giamatti 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 i had a feeling it was wrong but anyways I just thought someone who had a good um good teaching value and stuff and it made me think of um I don't know if y'all saw Mr. Holland's opus, but Richard Gere was real hard on the kids at first, but Richard oh, yeah. Dreyfus. I mean Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> I went to say Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> they happened well, to me. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but um Someone they could end up relating to and got to see more of his, you know, more heartfelt side. But so, you know, I thought he would have been another good, strong character. Yeah, I could see that. Richard Dreyfus, I could definitely see. Yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe Richard Gere. That would be interesting. Yeah, I think yes, be but right. Richard Dreyfus is, yes, you, you knew what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Thank you, Ruth. Next, we have Eric. Okay. So. I really liked Dominic Sessa in this movie, his his first film. I thought that was pretty impressive. He reminded me a lot of Keith Gordon and uh, also a very young Tom Hanks. Ooh. So his performance, Keith Gordon remind us? Keith Gordon was in um, uh, The Legend of Billie Jean and Christine, uh, Dressed to Kill, a lot of stuff in the 80s. Got it. You don't recognize any of that? Okay. <laughs> Anyway, oh, I love. Do you he was a crazy guy. He was a nerd, trained crazy guy in Christine. You remember that? He's the lead of Christine. Yeah. 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 I don't think I've seen Christine. Oh, oh, I just saw it for the first time, but you've seen clips of it, right? Sure. That's the car that is evil and killing people. Yeah, but we're talking about the human who's evil. <laughs> yeah, I'm assuming <laughs> that he doesn't play Christine. <laughs> the uh. So anyway, his performance inspired me to to think of who else could have could play that role. And I decided to go with a very young Sean Penn. So like very early 80s Sean Penn. Mm. Sort of a bad boy who's obviously whip smart was, and just needs a little support. Was he in Fast Times at Ridgemont High? <laughs> who's Sean Penn? Is that what you're asking? No, no. I'm asking, wasn't he that kind of like, he was that high school student kind of rebellious in that, right? Well, in that he was more of a, I don't know if he was rebellious so much as just a, a pothead surfer. Okay, Cool. Thank you, Eric. Next we have Shelly. All right. So for some reason, within the first five minutes of watching this, I couldn't stop thinking about this actor playing Mr. Hunnam. Yep. So throughout the movie, I was thinking, who am I going to recast? But I kept coming back to this one man to play Mr. Hunnam, and I would put Steve Buscemi. Oh, that's a good one. That would be nice to see him in that kind of a role. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you, Shelly. You know, we were talking two two episodes ago about who could play uh, a curmudgeon better than Tom Hanks, and Paul Giamatti <laughs> actually would have fit the bill. Yeah, yeah he would have been good. Yep. Mm-hmm. I almost used the word curmudgeon in my description of him when I was giving this movie, <laughs> but I didn't. Great. Well, uh, for my recast, I decided to recast Danny. I believe that's the janitor's name. Oh, uh-huh. Um, 
with this actor from uh, the TV show Superstore. Called, uh, his name is Colton Dunn. Uh, he, I think, would give the character of Danny a little more suaveness than the current actor did. And I just think it would be fun to see somebody trying to lay it on a little more thick than okay. did when trying to hit on Mary. So that that's my recast is Colton Dunn. Cool. Well, great job with that, everybody. So um, it's now time to uh, rate the movie for the night. So I'll go ahead and hand it over to Fahad to tell everybody <laughs> how the rating works. <laughs> hey, I'm just doing what everybody else does. <laughs> um, well, thank you. So for the rating, everybody, uh, you're going to give it a score between zero and five. Uh, you can do quarters, which means you can do 0. 0.25, 0. 0.5, 0. 0.75. Um, and when you all are ready, put your thumbs up and I'll then count down for us to send that on through. So let me bring up the chat. Ready to do it. Okay, my thumb is up, Shelly's is up, Ruth's is up. I totally is up. That, but so Eric's is up. Okay, so I'm gonna count backwards from three to zero on the row of zero, hit enter. Three, two, one, zero. So fast. Oh no, Shelly, Eric, and I lost our streak. I know. <laughs> Guys, oh. I sent you a text earlier. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, that proves that we weren't, you know, conspiring. <laughs> okay, Shelly, if you could please read the scores to me. Okay. So me, four. Fahad, 3.75. Ruth, 4.25. Eric, 3.5. And Takia, 4.5. All right. It's a pretty decent spread there. Uh, so that brings it to an average of four. Okay. It's a good, good solid score. Definitely. So who's nominated? This is nominated for Best Picture? Yeah, let's find out. And I think Davine Joy Randolph is nominated. I think that sounds about or right. Or was she snubbed? Is that why I heard her name in or the conversation? That sounds <laughs> not nice. <laughs> I'm going to the holdovers to Academy Awards. Best Picture, Paul Giamatti for Best Actor, Devine Joy Randolph for Best Supporting Actress. Okay. Wow. Also got Best Film Editing and Best Original Screenplay. Oh. I'm looking to see what other, I mean, it's been nominated for a lot awards. (laughs) Critics' Choice Awards, Paul Giamatti won for Best Actor, Devine Joy Randolph won for Best Supporting Actress, and Dominic Sesso won for Best Young Actor. Oh, wow. Best okay. young actor? Yeah. Golden, <laughs> they differentiate? Uh, I guess they did there, yeah. Golden Globes, Paul Giamatti. Did they call P- Paul Giamatti best old actor? No, they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, for Golden Globes, Paul Giamatti won for best actor, and Devine Joy Randolph won for best supporting actress. Hmm. And then I have a feeling she's not winning the Oscar. Because she won the Golden Globe? It seems like that kind of situation where they, sometimes they will give people, like somebody gets a Golden Globe, because they're not getting an Oscar. I, I've heard that before anyway. Yeah, I've heard that well, too, but ridiculous. At, at the Washington, D.C. area Film Critics Association Awards, uh, Dominic Sessa won Best Youth Performance and Devine Joy Randolph won Best Supporting Actress. Ooh. Oh, right. So it's been winning some stuff too. That's awesome. Nice. <sighs> Great. Well, I believe we are now ready to hear what our next movie is movie is and i think that is uh ruth's turn to provide us with what we'll be watching that's right great thank you fahad um You're welcome, ruth. <laughs> awesome okay <laughs> okay so the movie i chose was something i like um also like mob movies too um this is kind of Wait, you like your what mob movies oh <laughs> I heard I like my boobies too. (laughs) (laughs) Got mob movies. My boobies. That's what I heard. I was like, what? (laughs) So if that is what she said, what movie did you expect her to announce? (laughs) Probably whatever movie she might be announcing. I don't know. Uh, Okay, well, a mobster movie. Um (laughs) Barb Wire. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, so this is a romantic comedy as well. And the it has Diana DeGarmo in it. She plays 
the main person, and I didn't know that she was on American Idol. I was going to say Diana DeGarmo from American Idol. Oh, yeah. Wasn't she runner up to Jordan Sparks? Um, I don't remember. (laughs) But um, (laughs) anyways, um, it's the movie is called Alto. And yes, it is a lesbian movie. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but I, I just thought it was fun. It's, it's funny, but it's got the mob mobster thing i don't want to sound like i'm saying something i'm not anyway sorry i was wrong diana DeGarmo was runner-up to fantasia burino in season ah. three oh, okay they'll find an excuse for her to i mean it's called alto thing <laughs> <laughs> and fun fact diana DeGarmo is married to american idol season five fine or contestant ac young i like the tagline two girls one what? gun two the girls mob <laughs> Two girls, one gun. Is it that kind of movie room? <laughs> Hopefully, they have plenty of cups. I guess you'll have oh. to find out. <laughs> and toilet. I'd rather than not have cups. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. This oh. does have recognizable names in it. Annabella Sciorra. Yeah. Who worked with Robin Williams in What Dreams May Come. There are mm-hmm. definitely some good act- actors in it, which I think is fun that they're, you know, doing a movie of that nature. And Okay, Ruth. Well, thank you for that movie. Looking forward to watching that. So I think we've come to the end of tonight's episode. So I just want to say a big thank you to everyone. I declare this episode of Old Fogies and Films concluded. Thanks for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and find our list on Letterboxd. Don't forget to leave a comment or a review. Everybody say entree new. Entree new. That was okay. Okay. (laughs)